We need to look at where we are in our life and what can we fit in that makes us exhale rather than makes us feel stressed. Oh, now I got to get to the gym. Oh, now I got to get this instead of saying, ah, this is my half hour and I'm going to relish it. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to go do all the other things I have to do, knowing that this is just a season of my life. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. In today's crazy modern world, many women are showing signs of early perimenopause due to things like a thyroid issue, maybe something's going on with the gut and liver, or simply too much stress. See, when we're in a state of survival, it is so hard to give our body what it needs. Now, I definitely kicked my body into early perimenopause in my mid to late 30s by being in survival mode a lot. But then I became aware of how I was operating in the world. And I was able to make some non-negotiable lifestyle changes. And thankfully, my body began to heal and my hormones were back in balance. So if you're wondering if it's possible, let me just tell you, it is absolutely possible. Whether you're in your late 30s or your early 40s or even headed into your 50s, it is quite possible that you get to live the life that you want even as your body is changing along with those sex hormones. And the more that you understand how to look out for those changes and pivot with your body, you will find that the perimenopausal transition from childbearing years into menopause, gosh, it'll be so much easier to navigate and you will really enjoy it. Now, the time that we are going through perimenopause is a great time in our lives. And when we have the mindset to embrace all of it, ooh, it can really set us up for amazing success, not just mentally, but emotionally and physically. With the right information and solutions at your fingertips, you can saunter into that next phase of your life feeling sexy, feeling free, successful, with this deep knowing that you are just getting started. And that's exactly what my guest, Dr. Sharon Stills, and I are going to be sharing with you today. How can you saunter into that next phase feeling red hot and sexy and really knowing that you are just getting started? So after hearing our conversation today, which you're about to dive into, if you are feeling called to take inspired action on creating your non-negotiables, I just want to share with you that my latest book, The EO Menopause Solution, is the playbook for addressing those root causes head on. And I don't know if you know, but part three of that book lays out exactly what steps to take in my 21-day hormone makeover program that hundreds and hundreds of women have done with incredible success. It's got shopping guides, recipes, supplement protocols. Honestly, it's right there and super easy to follow. It even has my daily self-care journal, like full out protocol, like how to do that, how to set the tone for your day, everything that you're going to need. Now I'm going to have the link for the book and the bonuses in the show notes as a compass to support your journey. And now that you've got my favorite Mama Jamma protocol for this transition, I just want to tell you, I am excited to bring Dr. Sharon onto the show. See, Dr. Sharon Stills is a naturopathic medical doctor who helps perimenopausal and menopausal women to pause and evaluate life so that they can live that second act 
of their story stronger, healthier, and sexier while aging backwards. I mean, who doesn't want that? Using her 20 plus years of experience and extensive training with anti-aging therapies, bioidentical hormone replacement, she has successfully helped thousands of women transition gently through the different stages of their lives with natural methods. So let's welcome Dr. Sharon Stills to the show. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Sharon Honey. How are you doing today, girl? I am doing great. I am super excited to be here with you and have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. Mm. Well, what I'm super excited to talk about, Dr. Stills, is how we are going to show everyone listening today how we can be red hot sexy throughout this menopause transition and beyond. And, you know, the first person I think of, because I literally just watched her docuseries on Netflix, and probably one of my favorite sheroes of all times is J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. And just watching that documentary, I'm not sure if you've seen it, it's called Halftime. Not yet, but okay. I thought my to-do list. Oh my, it is, it is so good. And I will tell you what, it fired me so up for the possibility, not only just like how you can look so good, you know, moving into your fifties and beyond, but also like how you can be one of the things she says in it is she's like, I'm just getting started. I'm mm-hmm. just getting started. 51. I think she turns 52 this year. And she's like, I'm just getting started. And I, and I really love that mindset. And so I want to, I want to hear a little bit about how you feel about the, I'm just getting started mindset at 50 years old. Oh my God. I, I feel I'm 54 years old and I feel like I am in this new chapter and I am just getting started. And I, I think it is such a powerful time. I, I often I'm just walking or driving and I'm by myself and I just have this moment like sink into me that I am so settled. I am really feeling good about who I am. I don't really care about what other people are thinking or what someone may have said or what I may not have said or what I did or didn't do. I just feel really grateful to be alive. I feel grateful to be happy. I feel grateful to feel content. And I feel grateful that I'm not in my 20s and 30s anymore. And (laughs) why is that? Tell me a little bit about that. I think my 20s and 30s, I was I was very involved in still working a lot out a lot of my issues and my inner child issues. And I, I still got a real rise from trauma and drama. I grew up in a very chaotic family system. And so that kind of felt comfortable to me having drama and chaos. And so I have learned that that doesn't need to be my comfort place, that peace can be my comfort place. I feel like my health 
because I didn't even get really involved with natural medicine till I was about 24, 25. I had already had two boys when I was younger. So they were like three and five already. And I got divorced. And it was when I went on my journey to become a physician. And I went through Oriental Medical Massage School. And I did iridology. And I became a nutritionist. I became a colon hydrotherapist. therapist. I was just obsessed with natural healing. But I hadn't really embodied it all yet. So so I was still struggling back then. I was a very unhealthy vegan. I wasn't getting my periods. I literally would get so bloated that people would ask me when my baby was due. Mm. And it was so just embarrassing and humiliating to be asked that and be like, that's just my bloat. I don't have a baby coming. These are my children. They're already here. And so I really struggled. I was one of those women who had premenstrual symptoms pretty much like for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I would have my period for a week and suffer. And then I would have six or seven days after my period where I felt some sort of human. And then it would just start all over again. So back then I, was, I wasn't I was settled emotionally. I wasn't settled physically. And so I don't want to go back there. I didn't feel like I was enough. I made choices from the wrong places. So now in my 50s, I am like, yes, I am have done so much healing and I am just get, getting started. And I, I call menopause the sacred second act. And I don't mean second act like second act and we're done. I see it as the middle act. I see the first act of raising children and being fertile and all of those things as a beautiful act. And I'm I'm saying, I don't wish going back there, but I have, you know, I loved the journey. I wouldn't change the journey, but then you get to menopause and you're embodied as a woman and you're not dealing with the cyclical ups and downs of hormones. And we are living so much longer. So it's not like we used to have a lifespan of 40 or 45 and we didn't spend much time or any time in menopause. Now we're living into our eighties, nineties. I actually plan on living to 130. And sometimes people laugh at me when I say that, but we are really biologically designed to last that long. So it's not it's not like, oh, Dr. Stills is insane and she thinks she's going to live so long. If you take care of yourself and do the right things, it's very possible to live to 110, 120, 130 and live with good health and grace and ease and mind and all of that. I don't want to live and not be feeling good. And so I kind of feel the second act of menopause is where we really are on fire. I'm creating new businesses and doing all these things and just having the time of my life. And then I think the third and final act in my hundreds will be where I sit on the patio and I just rock on my rocking chair (laughs) and I have a cup of tea and I smell the flowers and maybe chat with some friends and, and let myself wind down. But this time now there's so much creativity bursting when you're in your forties, your fifties, your sixties, your seventies beyond that. I, I see it as three acts and menopause is the most powerful one. Hmm. I love that so much. I love the breakdown. I love you sharing your journey. And I love where you're like, you know, the journey, I learned so much from it. You know, I overcame the drama. I overcame the the trauma. I overcame the physical 
ailments. I sauntered through perimenopause and I want to talk a little bit about that transition in just a second. And now I am in this new sacred second act and I'm really owning it. And, and so that's, that's literally the conversation I want to have, but I know that, you know, the mindset is such a big piece of this, but it also is the physicality. And so often, you know, I know women, we have big dreams and we have big visions for what we want. And sometimes our bodies are like not keeping up with how we are feeling, especially as you mentioned, we're just living a lot longer. And we, we, I feel like we, we kind of stopped studying women after menopause. So there's, you know, and mind you, there's a lot of things that we know you and and we're going to have that conversation right now, but I can, I can understand why women are feeling like, how do I move into this next phase? How do I ensure my health in this next phase? You know, a study just came out really demonstrating that once we lose those sex hormones, our propensity for cardiovascular disease is quite high. And so that over 50% of us are dying of cardiovascular related diseases. And so I would, I would love to really speak into, I know we're going to get into bioidentical hormones, and all the things that can keep us going. Because let me tell you, everything is on the table as far as I'm concerned. when it comes to keeping us vital, having our brain firing on all cylinders, just having us feel great moving into, you know, all the decades. And so I want to spend a little bit of time in perimenopause because that's where I feel like we really have that opportunity to pivot. Things can go one way or the other. And not to say that they're in no, at any point in time, can we try to pivot? But I would say there are definitely optimal times for pivoting as we move into the second chapter. Mm, I, I always, I love that word pivot. I feel like that's a, a book, pivot through perimenopause. <laughs> but I always say pregame. And so that was my personal experience. So when I graduated from naturopathic medical school, I was in my very early 30s. So menopause was furthest thing from my mind, but it was just when Suzanne Summers had written her first book and had brought bioidentical hormones to the general consciousness. And I had a patient come in who kind of put the book down and said, I want this. And I said, let me read the book. I was a little confused that Chrissy from Three's Company was going to dictate what I was going to do medically, but I have an open mind. So I was like, let me borrow the book for a week. And I read it and I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is naturopathic medicine and I can even add on to it with my training and what I know. And so I started, all of a sudden, I treated her and she told her friend. And before I knew it, it just blew up. I had this huge practice prescribing bioidentical hormones and helping women transition through menopause. And then I said to myself, because I know if you're listening and like Dr. Marisa was saying, if you're like, I want to do that, but my body's not letting me, that's how I was. I was still struggling with the PMS and all of that. And I thought one of my philosophies of being a naturopathic doctor is physician heal thyself and practice what I preach. And so I thought, hmm, maybe I should look at these hormones for me. And even though I'm not in menopause, but for my premenstrual issues. And so I started treating myself. And all of a sudden, I didn't have hormone issues. And it was like, my life was just a whole new experience of not having to go through the ups and downs and the cravings and the bloating and the breast tenderness and the depression and the anxiety and all of the, the sleeplessness, all these things I was dealing with. And so because I did that early, when I went through menopause and I was done with menopause, I was a little on the earlier side, I was 48 
but I never even had a hot flash. There was like this one moment where I felt hot and I was like, is that a hot flash? And I was like, I don't think that is a hot flash. So I just flew through it and felt so good because I pre-gamed. And so for everyone listening, if you are in that age range, if you're having, so if you're having hormonal symptoms at any age, getting that balanced is going to help you on your hormonal journey through perimenopause. But if you are in that age range of even as early as your early thirties and you're having symptoms, it is very likely that some kind of hormonal imbalance, especially with all the environmental toxins we are exposed to these days and the stresses we're under both chemically and physically and emotionally, it's we used to not think of perimenopause so early, but I see it as I'm sure you do, that it can be earlier than what the textbook would say. It's and definitely earlier than what the textbooks say. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a bummer because a lot of women are dismissed in the doctor's office because they're like, I think, I think this is perimenopause. And they're just like, no, you don't fit the, the age description. And I'm just like, mm. and they <laughs> don't even really do much for perimenopause. Do, yeah. So I think you really have to go outside the box if you're looking for help with your hormones, because even your traditional gynecologist, they just don't have the understanding. It's not in their training. I'm sure if it was in their training, they would love to help you. But, it, you know, when you're taught something, that's all you know, unless you go look elsewhere. And so it's really important that you start working on these things because then your hormonal transition can be a beautiful experience and it doesn't have to be full of symptoms and sleepless nights and fat gain and things of that nature. And so pre-gaming prevention is always the answer. It's funny, I was in uh, Salt Lake City this past weekend and they had this row of signs up and they were all opposites, you know, light, dark. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they had prevention and cure being opposites. And I thought, that's so weird. Prevention is definitely not the opposite of cure. Prevention is the cure. Mm -hmm. And so we always need to be involved and pivoting to what can we be doing to empower ourselves and take control of our health and our hormones. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I want to just share a little bit about when I think about hormonal imbalances, I'm always really interested in the root cause. But I also know that sometimes like digging into the root cause and really working on the liver and tuning the gut in and being, you know, creating metabolic flexibility and reducing cortisol, like getting cortisol to a, a really nice place where you've healed your trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like you talk about, it's, it's a lot of work. Let's just say it's stacking on stacking on stacking. And I was thinking about my own journey. I, lots of trauma. I was in my twenties, definitely Run, running from trauma and running in survival mode that lend to a lot of hormone issues. I mean, you can only run your body down so much until what I call the frontline hormones are like enough is enough. Like we can't take this anymore. And you know what I had, what I would consider to be menopausal levels of progesterone, which I see a lot. And, um, and I had worked a really long time trying to get them back and get them to a robust place until finally, because I knew I wanted to have, I know I wanted to have a baby at some point. I was like, well, the pregnancy hormone that maintains pregnancy is progesterone. So I got to do something different about this. And um, ultimately I got pregnant, but then had a miscarriage, you know, a couple months, three months later, two months later. And, you know, when we looked again, progesterone just not, it was not where I needed to be. Initially, we thought it was going to be enough. So I ended up supplementing with progesterone, natural progesterone to get pregnant. 
And I stayed on that progesterone until month 16 of my pregnancy. And so, you know, I think about like, yes, that I want to get to the root cause and yes, that I want to boost progesterone levels in a way where I didn't necessarily need bioidenticals at the age of 39 or 40. But ultimately, thank goodness it was there because it was the thing that I really needed to kind of get over the hump uh, for my particular instance of getting pregnant. So I was so grateful for having a bioidentical hormone that I could lend to. Um, And so I, you know, just curious, Dr. Stills, like how much do we like lean on getting to the root cause of what it is um, and then also lean on the hormones at the same time, right? Because that's always my conversation of like, we, we've got to, if it's insulin resistance, that's causing a lot of these issues, right? Is it beneficial to add estrogen to the mix to kind of create more sensitivity or should we work on the insulin resistance problem? Good question. First of all, I just want to acknowledge you and your journey and mm. your loss and that you, you didn't give up. And I, I know you have a beautiful baby boy now. <laughs> And I, I, it makes me think of all the women over the years who I have also helped to get pregnant and maintain a pregnancy. And often progesterone, thyroid hormone is the thing that, that gets them there. And we have all these little naturopathic babies around. It's one of the, the funnest parts of my, my job is helping women to have babies when they want to become mothers. And so, Yes, I think the the root cause versus supporting it really I'm always about looking for the root but sometimes in a situation just like you said we're going to give the progesterone even if the body should be pumping it out on its own so we can have our solution while we are going back and doing all of the root cause things which go from diet and sleep and exercise and toxicity and stress levels and emotions and all these things that play in. And so when I evaluate a patient, to me, it's very easy to balance someone's hormones and give them the hormones they need and have them see results and feel better. But when I work with patients, I'm kind of like, well, I'll do that for you, but we're going to handshake and you're going to commit to doing the work so that you have a healthy body and you have a healthy terrain for which these external exogenous yet bioidentical hormones can land in your body. And so I run a tight ship and, and and I won't refill patients' hormones if they're not doing their work because I feel like the the foundation is how we heal and how we live our life and how we eat and how we sleep and how we interact. And we don't want to ignore those things because then we're just band-aiding. Then we're just doing like green allopathic medicine. So we're giving you something that's natural, but we're not really looking at your lifestyle and the root cause. And so I evaluate a patient immediately looking at just what are blockages that are preventing them from healing. And these blockages often start in the mouth. And so whether it be root canals or amalgam fillings or galvanicity, which is an electrical charge because you have too many metals in your mouth or cavitations, which are infections in the bone, the mouth is the beginning of our digestive tract. And the mouth is where so many blockages, each tooth is related to a meridian. So it has effect on our organs, be it our liver or small intestine or our breast health. 
And so I'm always, it's like people like, aren't you a doctor? And I'm like, yes, but I'm a doctor who wants to help you feel better. We have to look at the mouth. I look at scars on the body, which can be causing blockages, again, among the meridians and the autonomic nervous system, they can be causing emotional blockages. I'm looking at external Wi-Fi and EMFs because those are really crushing us and hurting our health. And so a lot of the things we can't see are affecting us greatly. And I like to remind patients that we have to pay attention to the invisible because the invisible is profound. I'm certainly looking at emotions. Our emotions and our trauma are a huge part of how we go through the the world and how we go through our healing journey. And so to me, what you're doing, what you're eating, what you're taking is super important, but a step behind that, what's even more important is who you are when you're doing it, how you're doing it, the energy with which you're doing it. If you're, if you're eating organic broccoli and you're super stressed out and I have to eat this organic broccoli and I got to be healthy, but you haven't really unwound your health and your journey and why you're so stressed, then that organic broccoli is not going to get integrated into your system. And other things that I look at are certainly your liver. You can't really look at hormone health if you're not paying attention to the liver, the place where they get metabolized and detox. I look at the gut because the gut is super important. I look at toxicity levels because if we are toxic, for example, Mercury loves to attack the thyroid. And so a lot of times Hashimoto's, the underlying root cause can be a mercury toxicity. And so we can't really heal our hormones if we have metals. And nowadays it's pesticides and it's herbicides and it's plastic. And it's just goes on and on the list of toxins we are exposed to. And I look strongly at the lymphatic system because the lymphatic system is our immune system. It's where we detox and where we cleanse the cells. And so the lymphatic system is intimately related to our breast health. And we don't pay enough attention to breast health. A lot of time we just think, oh, when I'm 50 or whatever the age they tell you now, I'm going to go get my my mammogram. But our breasts are lymphatic tissue and can hold on to so much toxic materials if we are not consciously draining and moving our lymph. Our lymph doesn't move unless we move. And our lymph from a psycho-spiritual perspective Our lymph is our emotions. Our lymph is the subconscious. And so if we don't want to deal with things, like an easy example is a child who has a lot of ear infections. Often it's they don't want to hear what's going on. They're in a house where there's a lot of chaos or fighting. And so our lymphatic system, when our lymphatic system slows down and gets stuck, we don't want to deal with the deep emotions. We don't want to deal with the betrayal we had or the disappointment we had. And so our lymph just stagnates. And so we have to move our emotions. We have to physically move our lymph so we can be draining and our hormones can be detoxing. Progesterone moves through the lymph. It's how it's distributed to cells. And so there's so much that goes into, I I wish it was just here, here's your bioidentical hormones and and you can 
can go on your way. <laughs> well, Dr. Sharon, we're going to, we're going to want some of the simpler, because I mean, we're talking about that is some deep, deep, deep work. I mean, just the trauma work alone, you know, you think about and, um, and the, you know, so many people aren't necessarily going to go and, and go and run a heavy metal panel. Some will, some, some won't. And so I'm always really, I mean, yes, I mean, yeah, the Suzanne Summers, I remember that book came out and a lot of women are looking for, that's what we think. We're like, we need the hormones. And, and you and I both know that, man, the brain loves estrogen and progesterone. The heart does too. And the bones do. And so there is a time and place. I just, just like you, I always want to be mindful of, we don't want to treat this as another band-aid when there, there could be these underlying causes, as you mentioned, and not even just that. I mean, for me, I, I, I look so much at just the food that we're consuming, you know, are we on a blood sugar roller coaster? I mean, I know for me, I've been sharing this a lot recently that the twenties and my, some of my thirties, I was just chasing a sugar crash. I was, I just had no idea. I was like, man, I just need more energy right now. And so, and little did I know I was literally just on a perpetual, you know, one ticket, never getting off the, the, the roller coaster that just kept going around and around and around. And so I know that's playing a lot of role in why our gut and our liver and our energy levels are struggling, you know, literally what we're putting into our bodies every single day. And so given the lymphatic system, thank goodness we have bioidentical hormones that we can use given the importance of a metabolically healthy, um, meal, one that takes into account the liver and the gut and blood sugar and your cells. You know, what do you recommend as we are, as we're, let's get back to the red, hot and sexy, you know, <laughs> let's get back to that. How do you recommend we even begin to go about getting to the red, hot and sexy? If we're not able to work with you, you know, if we were just like, okay, we're, we know that our primary is definitely not going to have the answers we're looking for. Potentially our gyno is not either because it's just not the training that they got. And so we're trying to navigate this, right? Where there's, thank goodness there's books out there and thank goodness there's conversations like this and in your event as well. Like, where do you recommend that we even begin to start? Is it food? Is it the lymphatics? Well, I definitely think, and that's why it's funny. That's why I created Red the, yeah. as a brand because I thought, what are the things that anyone can do if they're not working with me that are still going to give them a huge bang and a huge movement towards health? And so the way I did it was I broke it down where Red is all about reinventing your health. And although I believe that a lot of things we're dealing with start in the energetic field, start in the emotions, and then move in and become physical, I approach patients the opposite way because it's hard to even go down that path if you haven't found out, is your thyroid optimal? Do you have enough zinc? Is your liver detoxing? Are you, do you have enough vitamin D? So just basic things can sometimes really help you. Like we mentioned in the very beginning, I want to be amazing, but I don't feel good. So basic things like getting a full blood panel and looking at what your nutrients are, making sure you're getting enough sleep. And if you're not sleeping, putting that as a priority. So it's easy to say, okay, everyone listening, make sure you're getting enough sleep. But if that's not something that comes easy to you, then looking at why you're not sleeping. Often 
if your cortisol levels are at high at night, you will have a hard time falling asleep and taking something like melatonin or phosphatidylserine can help temper those levels and allow you to fall asleep. If you fall asleep and you don't stay asleep, often that's the opposite. Often that means you are hypoadrenal. You don't produce enough cortisol and then supporting your adrenals with glandulars, with herbs such as glycerizer, ashwagandha, lithrococcus, rhodiola can really help you to have more energy during the day so that you can fall asleep at night. Making sure you're in rhythm with nature, with mother nature, with the outside. So I remember when I, long time ago, when I was in medical school, we had to write a paper on what our favorite supplement was. This is like back in 1997. And I wrote a paper on the sun and my, everyone was like, I was in naturopathic school. So they, they understood, they let it slide, but utilizing the sun, we've been taught to be so afraid of the sun, that the sun is bad and cover up and put toxic sunscreen on you. But the sun is healing. So getting morning sun, when you wake up within the first hour of waking up, if you can't get outside, even just standing by a window is better than nothing. Getting a little bit of daytime sun when the sun is at its apex, 15, 20 minutes to build some vitamin D and to get the warmth and the healing nature of the sun and then watching the sunset. And when the sun sets, I always have a ritual of when the sun sets, I give what no longer serves me to the setting sun mm. and I give it away into the West and then the candles come on, the phones go away and start to wind down because that helps you get in relationship with nature, with the circadian rhythm, rather than pushing yourself and staying up and getting the blue lights and then missing that. How many of you feel tired? I hear this all the time from my patients. I'm sure you do too. Well, I have a hard time going to sleep. You know, I usually don't get to bed till 12, 1230. I, I do feel tired at nine, nine 30, but I, I push through it and I'm like, no, 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 that's a good time to go to sleep. And so a lot of it is mindset. It's, it's thinking about what is our priorities to me. Sleep is a priority. So if I have a desk full of stuff and a sink full of dishes and the sun is set and it's time for me to start winding down, I kind of go into triage mode. And if I'm not going to have time to wash the dishes, I might just throw a little soap and put some water in. So the next day I'm not dealing with caked on food. That's hard to scrub off. But I always, I don't put my sleep behind to-do list or chores or emails or even a TV show. That mm. When I was growing up, we didn't have DVRs. We didn't have, I remember Netflix, Netflix. no Netflix. Yeah, no Netflix. Being, yes. You would buy a, you would get a disc in the mail and then you had to like mail it back. And so it's very easy to get sucked in, but always having this mindfulness and this knowing that your health and your decisions and your lifestyle should be priority. Because that's how we grow health. That's how we start to create a body. Whether you see me or any doctor, you have the power to hydrate, to make sure water becomes, I don't know if a job is the best word to use, but I, to me, water is, is an event that needs to take place. And I, I, I fill up bottles 
<laughs> and I measure it out and I know I'm going to get through three of these bottles and visually looking at them because I don't want to get through them before bedtime and be up all night peeing. I want my water job to be done by about six o'clock. And so there are so many things when I first developed red, it was eating, eating healthy, eating enough protein. If you are chasing the sugar, <laughs> the cravings, often you could be magnesium deficient, you could be protein deficient. So really getting into a feeding window where you're only eating from 10 to six. So you're giving your body that time to digest and rest and go into the parasympathetic mode as you're sleeping. We don't heal if we're stressed. And so when I say who you're being, if you are chronically stressed, which so many of us are, and I understand I have been there and it's been the work of my life to unravel that and undo that so I can help lead other women in that. But if you are going to yoga class and it's being stuck in and you're stressed because you got to get out of there and you don't have time to lay in Shavasana at the end, maybe better to skip the yoga class and instead of an hour, carve out 15 minutes where you can just be breathing or doing some stressing, stretching, not stressing, <laughs> where it's not <laughs> stressing, <laughs> where it's not stressing you out because we we cram our schedules. And one of the things I feel that as women, when we go through this menopause journey, we're in a different space in our life. And so we have more time. When I was younger and I was a single mom raising two little rugrats who were 20 months apart and loved to cause chaos, two little boys, and I was putting myself through medical school, I didn't have the time freedom that I have now that I am so grateful for, but I prioritized what did I need? What are my non-negotiables? So if you live a very hectic life and you have a spouse and kids and a job and aging parents, I invite you to just think about what are the non-negotiables for me? It was meditating at least a half hour a day. It was getting at least a half hour of some kind of aerobic exercise just to move the energy. And it was making sure I got eight hours of sleep. And so it was like for while I was going through medical school and of course, eating healthy and staying hydrated, but those were like the external things I did for myself. I made sure I got to the Zendo. I made sure I got to the gym at the apartment we lived in. And I made sure my kids knew that once I used to go to bed really early back then because I had to adjust my schedule. So they knew once 8.30 rolled around, you only better come get me if there's an emergency, if you're hurt or the house is burning down. Otherwise, mom is off limits and I'm sleeping and go to bed and do your thing. And so I think we need to look at where we are in our life and what can we fit in that makes us exhale rather than makes us feel stressed. Oh, now I got to get to the gym and now I got to get this instead of saying, Ah, this is my half hour and I'm going to relish it. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to go do all the other things I have to do, knowing that this is just a season of my life. Mm. 
I think that's so powerful. There was so much I was taking away from that. I love that you brought up the circadian rhythm of our bodies, getting out in nature to help recharge those mitochondria. I also think eating within, like you talked about that smaller window, you know, I know we're more insulin resistant in the evening because it's a part of our circadian rhythm. And so thinking about eating earlier um, and what are the non-negotiables? Like what are the non-negotiables for you right now? I know there was a lot of moms and parents, or moms listening or women listening and you know, kids go to bed at a certain time and you only have like this window where it's your only time. And it's no wonder people are squeezing till 12 o'clock. I know I am, I am always negotiating with myself because Kingston goes down at seven, seven fifteen, And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is so nice. You know, not that I didn't love my time with him, but it's just a different kind of time. And so my husband is definitely the 1230 guy. Like, and he woke up this morning and he's like, I feels like we're back when he was really young. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to suggest going to bed earlier. I just, just saying, <laughs> I went to bed at, at I think 945 last night. Cause I knew like, you know, cause my alarm clock is my son, you know, whether, what, no matter, it seems like the later I get, I go to bed, the earlier he gets okay. up, <laughs> how that works. And so, of course. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, the non-negotiable is so important here because we can totally out talk ourselves out of going to bed earlier or, you know, not taking a walk or whatever, or not getting enough sun. And so, yeah, getting clear on those non-negotiables for you and where you are in your journey is so, so important. One of the things I always tell patients and utilize is your calendar. If you think about the things that are non-negotiable, or if you know that you're going to go to bed at 10 every night and you're going to sleep to six, And then just like having that in there, because if we put in our calendar, we have a doctor's appointment or we have to be at work at three, that happens. So if we start training ourselves that, oh, bedtime is a commitment to myself and oh, it's in my calendar, it's going to happen. And then we start to build our life around, oh, I'm going to go to three yoga classes a week or Pilates or whatever it is, or I'm going to go for that run on the beach or go lift some weights. If we start to make it important enough to enter into the calendar and to be on the calendar, we can start to really commit and make it happen rather than it's just kind of floating out there and I should do it. And then everything else takes precedence and, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And really knowing yourself, like I am a morning person. So Mm -hmm. when I was in the craziest, busiest time of my life, raising the kids and going through medical school and so forth, I went to bed about 8, 8.30 and got up at 4, 4.30 because I knew in the morning that was my optimal time to meditate. That was when I was going to get my workout in. I'm the kind of person, if I've gone through a day and then it's time to work out, I'm probably too tired and I'm not going to do it. So I knew that about myself. That doesn't mean that's who you are, but it's important to kind of check in and see who you are. And the sleeping later, even if you get enough hours, it, it unfortunately, it doesn't work out the same physiologically because of our circadian rhythms and because of how our hormones are. So traditional Chinese medicine teaches every hour before midnight is a equivalent to about four hours after midnight. And so those hours before midnight are really, really gold. And while you are sleeping, just some other things you can do at home, making sure that you are in a dark, dark, dark room, Not it's not enough to just put an eye mask on because your skin can still take in the light. So really making sure you're using blackout curtains if you can't get your room dark, 
please, please, please get your phones on airplane mode, turn them off, put them in another room. That's really, really important. And if you are, I know I had a patient a couple of weeks ago who has an elderly mother and so needs to have the phone on just in case of emergency, but I'm like, put it in another room where you can hear it if it rings, but it's not radiating your head and tilting the head of the bed. So you're just about six inches, but so you're sleeping on a little bit of an incline that's going to encourage your lymphatic system, which is the lymphatics of the brain to drain. And that's how the brain detoxes. We have to be sleeping and letting the lymphatics drain. Otherwise our brains are not detoxing and So those are just some easy tips you can do, making sure your bedding is organic because mattresses, if they're not organic, can really off gas all sorts of chemicals and your pillows and your sheets and either sleep naked or sleep in 100% organic cotton jammies or 100% silk jammies. Don't sleep in polyester that has toxins that get into your body. And so just even lifestyle things can really make a huge difference. And when I was talking before about all the intense things in the dentistry, lifestyle stuff to me goes right in hand with that how we live our life and the choices we make and the energy we do it. And so to me, mindfulness and meditation is should be at the root of everything. It's how we are doing things and allowing ourselves to breathe. So if you want to know what the best medicine is, it's your breath. It's free. It's always with you. It's how you come into the world. It's how you exit the world. And all you have to do is take the time to pay attention to it, to learn, to communicate with it, to take two minutes and breathe, to take 30 seconds, to just take two deep breaths really shifts your energy. Mm, that's so powerful. Oh, love it. It's such like, just like a lot of the lifestyle strategies that you just shared and you're right breath. Ooh, we don't think about it so often. And it's such a powerful tool that we can use for our benefit versus, you know, the shallow stress breathing that so many of us are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Where can we find you? Where do, would you love us to check you out? And I, I just have to say, cause I just realized that yeah. I don't want anyone, we didn't even really talk about using bioidentical hormones. And I would just like to say that I am not saying that you don't need bioidentical hormones. It's it's pretty much the opposite. All of my patients who are premenopausal, postmenopausal are on bioidentical hormones. I think they are brilliant part of your aging process in a healthy and graceful way, not only to reduce symptoms, but to prevent Alzheimer's, to prevent cardiovascular disease, to prevent breast cancer, to prevent osteoporosis. So I just want to have that caveat. I don't want anyone walking away saying, Dr. Stills thinks you just have to uh, breathe and sleep. I just think that you need to understand that these things are equally important. We shouldn't just think we can take some hormones and get rid of our hot flashes and we're fine. That aging and being healthy is really a a process. And there's a lot of components that go into it. 
I agree. And I mean, I, that's the mindset I have and the philosophy that I have is that anything that we can do to extend our longevity is what I'm, what I'm open to. That is definitely sleep. It's definitely breath. It's definitely the food that we put into our bodies. We've got these hormones that we've been reliant on for a very, very long time. They can continue to support us. And it's, and it's, you know, everyone's case by case, your body is, it's, it's unique in its own way. But kind of figuring out that that magic sauce for you, I think it's going to it's so critical. And so I don't want anyone taking bioidentical hormones off the table ever. It you know, it's just a matter of figuring out how they can integrate into your life. Like we've got to also address the other components here. Like you could still be in trauma, you know, and an extra dose of progesterone isn't going to shift that. It may help you create more stress resilience, but is not going to heal that, that trauma piece. And yeah. so, you know, those, that work's got to be done hand in hand. So I agree with you 100%. And, and the diet, you can't, you can take your bioidentical hormones and maybe sleep better and have stronger bones, but if you're still not eating healthy, then you're doing a disservice to your body. Yeah. I mean, if you keep still drinking diet sodas, Diet Coke. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you, you the progesterone may help with the blood, uh, the bone formation, but I'll tell you what's what's completely destroying it is that Diet Coke. So <laughs> I just, I know you're just like I won't even. But you know what, doctors still like there are women listening to that right now or listening to us right now, and they are drinking Diet Coke. I ain't gonna lie. So it's just we gotta just these things aren't canceling each other out. We, we got to do we as many of the things as possible. So that's what I wanted to just, sh- I wanted to just share like the <laughs> real you, talk here. You if know? you are drinking diet Coke, I'd rather you drink regular Coke because those artificial, not that I'm saying you should be drinking regular Coke, but the artificial sweeteners are so much more harmful than yeah. for you. And so um, well, I think about like all the keto, everything's out there, you know, and everything having sugar alcohols in them, you know, to make up for the real sugar. And I always tell people like gut check that sugar alcohol. Like if you feel, if you're not like any gut check, anything that you're eating, if you're feeling bloated and awful and yucky on the other side of that, that's your gut being really clear that that's a no-go. And, and I don't, I don't know what bacteria is trying to eat sugar alcohols. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to know which one it is. I don't think there is any one of the, any of them that are thriving on sugar alcohol, but it's just, how are we stabilizing our blood sugar? How are we creating that flat glucose? And people are like, well, keto treats, like that's what's or like, you know, how do we get our dessert and like maintain our weight or whatever? But I had a woman ask me in an interview, like, well, how do you feel about sugar alcohols? And I was like, oh, they're a no-go, you know, for me. And I think a lot of us are beginning to think it's okay because we are starting to see products with the stuff in it. And so to your point, diet sodas, the keto chocolates, you know, the, whatever that may be, we can't sub, I know the real sugar, sugar, it's having a profound impact on our body in a not so great way. But also the sugar alcohols and the synthetic sugars, I would say are an even bigger hit on our system. And so, yeah, it is disappointing. Cause I know when I go to the store and I'm like, Oh, look at all these keto treats. That's under the, and then I read it and it's like, Oh, it's got a erythro- you know, and it's then got it, erythritol in it. And then and, it just goes oh, back on the shelf. I'm yeah. Like, yeah not doing exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, and then are there are companies out there that are creating, you know, options that are not, that do not have erythritol in them and do not have the sugar alcohols in them. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's, again, I just wanted to just point out 
no Coke or Diet Coke is on the table for me, Dr. Stills. I do appreciate that you're willing to put Coke on the table, but I am not. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I, I want to make sure I was clear. I'm just saying if you had to choose one, you're better off doing the Coke, but I'm not saying to do that. I My patients are not allowed to drink much other than water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was just talking about this on a, on another episode of the different kind of drinks I drink and, you know, it's mostly during the day I I'm obsessed with hibis I, hibiscus iced tea. And I know that hibiscus is amazing for the cardiovascular system. I also love like, you know, yummy um, herbal teas in the evening, like, you know, getting where you fit and find that right, right thing, add some mint and some lemon and some you know lime or whatever it is to, you know, your drinks to kind of give them some sparkle and give them something but you can get really creative and keep the nasty stuff off the table. Absolutely. And water should be the base in water. Yeah, I mean, herbal tea. I, I keep it easy. I'm just like, I just drink water, but herbal tea or even a green tea mm -hmm. or putting some blueberries or cucumbers in you can make spa water is always fun to do. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Just changing. When I have patients who come in who are drinking sodas or diet sodas, just taking that out gives you a huge boost in the right direction of health. So if you mm -hmm. are someone who's drinking the diet or the sodas, there you go. There's your challenge from the episode. Get rid of them. They got to go. They got to go. <laughs> not doing you any favors. Absolutely. If you want to be hot and sexy, let me tell you, you got to give those up. Okay. That's All right. True. So now, now that we've had some real talk around, <laughs> what are the non-negotiables for us? Where can we, like, where do you want, where, where would you love us to, to go? to me, to find you? Find me at my website, which is drstills.com. And I do have an upcoming Mastering the Menopause Transition Summit, which is airing September 20th through the 27th. So um, I invite you all to check that out. Um, uh, Dr. Marisa is going to be one of the speakers. So you're certainly going to want to hear her talk. So come find us there. And um you know, I'm Dr. Sharon Stills on social media. You can find me there. And if you're interested in more of the, when I was talking about scars and the dentistry and the lymphatic system and all of that, I do host a podcast called the Science of Self-Healing, which is for the Bioregulatory Medicine Institute. We're a nonprofit and we really focus on uh, bioregulatory medicine, which comes over from Europe and is Europe's interpretation of we'll say functional medicine. And so mm. something that's near and dear to my heart that I've been practicing uh, since I've been a medical student and really helps me to help people on a real deep level. Well, thank you. I will, we'll make sure we have all the links ready to go. I just love the idea that you've got this podcast. I'll make sure to have that link too. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharon Stills. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So now that you've heard all of Dr. Sharon's recommendations, I just want to know which one felt like it landed most for you. Was it sleep? Was it the possibility of bioidentical hormones? Or was it getting outside in the morning to get some of that much needed vitamin sun? Which right now during the summertime is a great time, right? When I think about all of her key recommendations today, it makes me realize how much our bodies deserve to be tended to throughout the day. And I know that that can be a struggle sometimes with all the things that we're juggling. I know you're juggling a lot, but I think about our comment about just knowing where you are in your journey or what phase you are in your life and working from there. 
and then having the grace with yourself in that place, right? To just know in that place, like whether you are a new mom or whether you're pregnant or whether you're going through perimenopause or whether you're someone taking care of elder parents, like just kind of knowing where you are in that journey. And from there, figuring out what you can do that would just be the biggest needle mover for you. And that's always the question I'm asking myself, literally. What is the biggest needle movers for me right now in my health? And then I create habits from that place, from that knowing. Now, if you wanna learn more about Dr. Sharon Stills, which I highly recommend, check out her website and her podcast and definitely stay in touch for her event coming up in September. That master of class is gonna be amazing. And as always, I wanna say thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast today. This show is about providing you tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, just needs to hear like there are ways to to get supported. There are non-negotiables that we can create. I want you to take a minute and send it on over to them or share it on social media. And when you do share it on social, especially Instagram, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.